Hi, and welcome to uh, what I guess is really my very first podcast, my first real podcast. Uh, even though, you know, if you look in the library, there's a pretty long list of podcasts. Most of those were just an AI voice reading off of my blog. I have a, a blog on WordPress called Sacred Breath, A Gateway to Freedom. Uh, the web address is sacredbreathfreedom.wordpress.com. And so I'm writing on my blog one day and the little thing pops up. Hey, you want to turn your blog into a into a podcast on Anchor and Spotify? So I was like, sure, why not? So I click it and it uh, it really is just the um, um, automatic AI voice reading the blog. And it gets about 95 percent of it right. Um, but if you want to get it a hundred percent, there's always a, a link to the actual blog where you can read it for yourself. But I, you know, I, I didn't have the technical knowledge of how to upload audio, actual audio to my podcast. And, uh, I also do a local AM radio show that's broadcast live over Facebook, YouTube, and, um, sometimes Twitch and, uh, Twitch TV and, um, um, on that show, I the, the show is dedicated to positive energy from a fifth dimensional perspective. And I try to interview leaders in their field in various aspects of contributing positive energy to the world. So, you know, for example, I've interviewed breatharians like Jazz Muheen, Eliatom Elamim, Maryam. I've interviewed non-duality folks like Tom Das, um, Andreas Mueller, Jack O'Keefe. Uh, I've interviewed uh, breath workers, rebirthing breath workers. That's that's what I'm all about. Um, such as Dan Brule, uh, Katia Bustani, um, Pauline, and David McNabb. Um, and, you know, people, folks like that, I've interviewed them for my radio show. And now that I know how to upload the audio from the radio interviews, I, I what I'm going to do today's episode is my last radio interview that I did with a man named, named Greg Ray Dunnett and more about him later. Um, but uh, what I'll try to do on this podcast from now on is to upload the audio from the interviews, the interesting interviews, and uh, as we as as we go along, you know, stay current. And then I guess I'll probably also be going into the uh, history, the back catalog, and uploading some of the uh, older interviews now that I know how to do it. I also do uh, uh, something called Sunday 7.30 sittings on Zoom, where we talk about meditation and breath work and non-duality, uh, and, and not only talk about it, but we actually do it. And uh, I may be making some podcasts out of those as well. And I imagine, now that I know how to do this, I'll probably be doing some podcast-only um, offerings as well. So... Today, for my first real podcast, I'm interviewing, this is from the uh, Children of the Sun show from last Friday, which was March 11th, 2022. And I, I interviewed um, local St. Croix 
author, by the way, um, so I am here on St. Croix in the U.S. Virgin Islands. And for this show, I interviewed local St. Croix author Greg Ray Dunnett, whose book, Cliffs of the Heart, um, written as he had lost his house and everything he owned to Category 5 Hurricane Maria. Um, we got hit by that hurricane in 2017, and it caused a lot of damage. And Greg was basically left only with the uh, clothes on his back. And he, instead of succumbing to depression, he began to post uplifting positive energy posts on Facebook. And they became a beacon of light to all of us here on St. Croix. And then, and, and these were just posts on Facebook, but people started um, really pushing him to collect them into a book. And uh, he tells the whole story of that on the interview, how that all came about, the synchronicities and serendipities that uh, put him in touch with the right people at the right time that led to the uh, posts being collected into a book. And then once they were in a book, not only were they a beacon of light for all of us on St. Croix struggling in the aftermath of the devastation of the Category 5 Hurricane Maria, uh, it hit the publishing world just as the pandemic was starting and became a beacon of light to everyone in the whole world going through the pandemic. Uh, he's just now bringing out his next book, 365 Gratitudes for Better Living. And in that book, he continues to offer the world a unique and positive perspective. And so that is the uh, first hour of the, uh, of the show, an interview with Gregory Dunnett. I think you'll enjoy it. And then for the second half of the show, I talk about... Um, I continue some of the themes from my conversation with Greg and talk, talk about healing from extreme pain, birth trauma, sacred breath, breath work, and the uh, Sunday sittings on Zoom, um, breath work meditation, and non-duality weekly gatherings, among other things. So um, th this is the uh, podcast coming up. Um, I hope you enjoy it. If you want more information about Uh, about Greg Ray Dunnett's books or events, um, you can go to his website, cliffsoftheheart.com, www.cliffsoftheheart.com. And for more information about um, rebirthing breathwork, scheduling a private sacred breath breathwork session with me, um, the Sunday 7.30 sittings on Zoom that everyone is welcome to attend. Uh, you can go to my website, sacredbreathfreedom.wordpress.com. So that just gives you some contact information. So without further ado, um, here is the Children of the Sun interview with Greg Ray Dunnett, which took place on March 11th. 2020. I hope you enjoy it. Um, March 11th, 2022, not 2020. It was a few days ago, not two years ago. <laughs> Sorry about that. Here's the interview. 
Hey, Greg, welcome to the program. Thank you for joining us here on Children of the Sun. Just to um, give everybody a quick backstory on you, and I'd like you to elaborate later. Um, as people know, here on Children of the Sun, I like to um, focus on people who are contributing positive energy to the to the world, either locally, nationally, or internationally. You're kind of local, moving on to becoming national with your book. And you went through Maria and lost your house and everything you own in that. And instead of succumbing to despair and grief, you started, um, you maintained a positive attitude and you, you started posting things on Facebook that were so uplifting. Um, people all over St. Croix began turning to them to have like a, a beacon of light in the darkness that we were all going through. And then somebody said you should collect them all into a book. And the next thing you know, and I'll let you tell more about that story, Cliffs of the Heart came out, which um, was sort of a surprise, surprisingly successful little book. And um, now you've got a new book out called 365 Gratitudes for Better Living, with living in all capital letters. So, and I, I guess we can all kind of guess what the 365 Gratitudes means, but why is living in all capital letters? Tell us about the title of your book, how you came to it, and tell us about your new book. Well, greetings, Ray, from the land of cupcakes to chaos here. Uh, I've been on St. Croix 12 years, and I had my ups and downs, as you know, uh, hurricanes and... Uh, other other traumatic events that uh, took place that changed me all for the better. Uh, but they were very difficult to go through. As anyone knows that goes through hur hurricanes out here and, you know, uh, you can lose your power for six months and you're living from bags of ice and generators and, and the whole nine yards. So it's a very extreme difficulty factor there. And uh, I came out here you know, for a holistic existence and to change my life. And, and all those kind of traumatic things were part of the picture, but I didn't really see it at first. Uh, and then there were a lot of people on Facebook, the internet and locals who helped me out. I lost everything I owned in a hurricane down to the clothes I had on my back, basically. And uh, there's so many people came out of the woodwork uh, people that to this day, I, I've never met them. Uh, they sent care boxes. I, I had over 50 care boxes sent out here after Maria. And uh, it just changed me, just to, and it humbled me that people were so giving like that to complete stranger like me. And uh, so I, I just started writing and uh, going, doing a blog, a weekly blog, and uh, it got rolling and the writing got better and I really started to enjoy doing the writing experience. And uh, when COVID hit, my publicist came to me and said, uh, how about that book you wanted to write? And uh, I had actually given up on it at that point. And she talked me into doing it, which became close to the heart. And uh, took me about a year to put it together and then put it out last year. We sold about 500 copies on St. Croix. Uh, did pretty well. 
So the uh, the follow-up, she said, why don't you do a desktop book calendar of uh, 365 original ideas and thoughts and stories? And uh, it was a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. So, yeah, she pushed me to do that. Uh, and it's really just a, a give back to everybody for all their kindness over the years. It, it's helped me out, be a better person. All these people online that I, I wish and hope to meet someday. Uh, 365 gratitudes, you know, just teaching humble reliance on others. Uh, it was became a thank you book, daily inspirational guideposts, and uh, motivational tool for good souls and better angels, you know, for people that just want to improve their lives and uh, not necessarily go through the things that I've gone through to get there. But um, those things are necessary in a lot of ways. You know, heartbreak uh, teaches you how to get in touch with your heart and uh, teaches you to be softer, more humble, and more thankful, grateful for everything, you know? And uh, I'm just grateful for my life. I made the right choice moving out here 12 years ago, and it's uh, it's uh, been a long way, long, strange trip, but it's, uh, it's wonderful to be here, be a part of this community with you, Ray. Cool, and so why is living capitalized in your title? For better living. Well, uh, if if we look back on our lives, I think a lot of us realize that many years we did not spend in living the life that we really were meant to live, uh, being a useful individual to the community, to to ourselves, more giving, and uh, more grateful for for the little that we have. I mean, look at what's going on in Ukraine right now that, you know, anything that's happening to us personally, that's difficult. Uh, We can put it into perspective with what else is going on in the world with the, you know, these poor people are suffering. Um, And, you know, climate change and everything has really affected everybody in the world, uh, displaced many populations. So it's not only war, it's, it's the war against the planet that's going on. And uh, I just want to be a part of the, uh, the good side of that war that's finding solutions and not being part of the problem. Right. And, um, it's, it, uh, that, that's interesting you should say that because I, I pulled out from your first book, Cliffs of the Heart, one of my favorite of your passages mm-hmm. and what you just said kind of relates exactly to this. So let me, let me, if you don't mind, let me read this. Don't mind at all. But after all this, if we are willing to chuck all our own perceptions of the world by how we've reacted to life to this point and just help others without a point of reference to hinder us from being our extremely outrageous and unpredictable grandiose self, then and only then can we be quite amazing in the acts of our life toward others in a non-egotistical frame of compassionate usefulness. The world is waiting for us to give a little piece of our soul instead of our mind. That's just... Yeah, you know, it's funny. Pretty good, huh? 
Thank you. Uh, I, I really have not read the book over since it came out because uh, it took me a year to edit it. So I've, I read each one of those uh, like 100 times blogs a hundred times and it just you really get fried you know I, I yeah i know i know did did you um feel like you channeled some of that book oh yeah definitely uh when i'm writing it's for sure it's channeling uh and energy and learning to work with it the emotions and thoughts and putting them together in a way you know you're extrapolating from your soul uh, really deep stuff and to pull it out and then to be able to word it correctly. It takes years. It's been taking me years to really become good at expressing how I feel and what I think. And uh, it, at the age that I'm at in my 60s, uh, I know what I want. I know who I am. And I really uh, I'm, I'm opinionated to a degree um, but I'm also open-minded to a greater degree, you know, because every day changes and everything changes daily in front of us, you know, no, nothing stays the same. And if we grow with the experiences, we're more able to handle the difficult times ahead. Um, if we're not growing, it's more traumatic to us, you know, to uh, yeah. deal with the situations like we're dealing with now COVID for three years. And I think right after Maria, you, when you were just posting, you know, you were posting things on Facebook that people were turning to, to survive the aftermath. And I think you were contacted by people who, who talked about how much you helped. Yes. Uh, there, there were some people that, uh, reached out strange people I haven't met yet that I hope someday to meet. And that, you know, this one guy said, uh, thanks for saving my life. And I was like, how did I do that? And he said, well, you talked me out of suicide. And, you know, when I hear stuff like that, it just really inspires me more to uh, dig deeper and to, to give more of myself, you know, find out, uh, just new things. And, and the, the more I learn about myself, uh, the more I have to share, you know, it's, it's really just a matter of uh, human connection, living, living here, you know, and the community that we live in, it's very important to be a part of it in some way, even though a lot of us feel isolated in our own world. Uh, it's always good because each of us has something to give our community and to share. And, and yeah, that blew me away uh, getting comments like that. So that, that also besides my publisher pushing me to write um, really pushed me into the, this call, you know, yeah, when I, you, when you get yourself out of the way, that energy comes through and it knows like yes. it knew about that guy that was thinking of committing suicide and it like yeah. goes through you to speak to him to stop him from committing suicide. And that's how it works. Um, I've got, so if people want to get a, get, do you have a cop? Do you have a handy cop? No, it's, it's uh, the supply chain is really slow right now. It's being very difficult. Oh, I was hoping you show it. We don't right. even know if our book's going to be there next 
weekend at Grave Tree Hotel. Right. So that, you're doing a, a books release and book signing. I want to let people know. I, yes. I put up in the comments on Facebook your website, Cliffs, which is actually, I mean, it, it's not that hard if you don't have, if you can't click the link. Right. Uh, com, all one word, com. That's Greg's website. You can read his great blog there. You can order Cliffs of the Heart. You can order 365 Gratitudes there. And you can also find out about the upcoming um, uh, super musical party book signing and book release at the new Great Tree Bay Hotel here on St. Croix. And Greg's bringing down some musical friends of his from Connecticut, right? Yes. Yeah. So tell tell the folks all about what you got planned for uh, St. Patrick's Day weekend. Yeah, St. Patrick's Day weekend. And I hear uh, rumors are afloat that we are actually going to have a parade. (laughs) Okay. Did you hear that? No, I, I, I... I've seen it. Yes, then it says no. Then it says yes, and it says no. Oh God, I, we're gonna deal with that. Huh? Yeah, well, you know, welcome to a small island where rumors abound. You know, uh, but yeah, the the new Grape Tree Hotel, Grape Tree Bay Hotel, is opening. Uh, they're open for business now. The food's getting really extremely good. Um, you're you're really into food. You're always posting pictures. Well, I, I work my tail off, Ray. Uh, I, <laughs> I physically work in my 60s, and I really should be retired, but I'm not. So uh, I I need to uh, you know have that energy, and that you have all the fresh fish out here. It's all really good good fresh fish. I uh, basically I, I don't eat beef much out here because the food is so good the restaurants are really good out here um there's there's not a lack of food for sure yeah and, oh, okay i didn't mean so, i just i noticed on your i, yeah. I, I wonder if you have like an endorsement deal with all no the no i don't have an endorsement always... deal in fact a few of the restaurants i've bartered with so i they've acquired my services uh painting and i just what i do for a living i paint houses and uh i bartered so that uh it, it defrays the cost of these expensive meals you know oh, cool. uh, but i i do i i love all these people that uh there's there's so many good restaurants out here and yeah. you know they're i really like supporting local and uh doing what i can you know to uh help the local people out by advertising their their establishments uh, a lot of people come out here that I'm in touch with and they want to know where, where do we go? Where do we eat? You know? Yeah. So I kind of send them in the right direction, which uh, brings up the great tree Bay opening the hotel. Uh, what they've done out there is nothing short of miraculous bringing that place back from being destroyed by hurricane Hugo yeah. in uh, 1989. I think it was. So they've worked on this place for the last three or four years, and it's it's up and running, beautiful, uh, just a beautiful establishment, uh, pool area, the bar area, the beach area, and they're going to have two restaurants. Uh, rumor has it they're going to have three, from what I hear, and they're starting to have live music there. So I I figured, wow, I could do my book signing event there. I. You know, I got their permission and they're into it. 
uh, Josh and Amy are the owners. And so we're bringing down this world-class blues band called Righteous Continental. Uh, and these guys are really good. And they're going to play Friday night, Saturday night, and Sunday brunch at the Great Tree Bay Hotel. So it's it's really going to be great to have uh, some new live music about. We have great musicians on the island. And uh, as COVID eases, it'll be nice to see the music scene open back up. And uh, everybody out here loves music, obviously, the arts, which we're all into. And uh, I just figured I'd thread that into my event. Uh, Always like to promote a good good band, you know, and live music. So it's going to be really fun. And that's the 18th, 19th, and 20th of uh, March, St. Patty's Day weekend, like you said. Uh, looking forward to a really, really good turnout and a good time. And and hopefully, if the supply chain cooperates, you'll have some copies <laughs> of your book there that you can oh, buy. Oh, my. Well, people, yeah, even if that doesn't happen, people can get the book from wherever and then. Well, um, uh, what you, we're going to do, basically, so- yeah, we're going to uh, pre-order if we don't have it. And it'll be here shortly, and I'll, I'll get it off to anybody who pre-orders it. Uh, I'm also going to, to anybody that pre-orders it, I think I'm going to give a copy, a free copy of my first book uh, till the new one arrives. So I, I'm going to go out of my way to do that. Oh, that'd be cool. Um, That's it's very, very embarrassing for me not to, possibly not to have the product. Uh, so we're we're... You know, it's the last minute here. We're not sure what's going to happen. Um, I'm praying that it shows up. We're supposed to get 100 cop- advanced copies uh, by next weekend. So we'll see if that happens. Uh, <laughs> um, the supply chain is, is a nightmare yeah. right now. We, you know? we should also mention that your first book, you have a lot of great artwork in there by your friend uh, Clinton Decker. Clinton Decker, he, yes, yeah. Is he is he in uh, 365 Gratitudes as well? No, no. There's there's not really any illustrations in uh, 365 Gratitudes. It's it's more a uh, a daily reading manual. And, is it like uh, a, so? It's like a calendar. It was a gratitude for every yeah, day. Yeah, it's like a uh, a desktop calendar. Uh, there was a book called The Secret a few years ago, and this gal did a similar thing with uh, the desktop calendar and daily readings to uh, motivate your day, you know, and right. that's basically what it's going to be. And it's, it's really, um, it really caused me to go very deep into myself to find 365 really powerful moving thoughts that are, some of them are stories. Um, some of them are just, you know, philosophy. And, uh, it really, it was a great idea from my publicist to, to do it. It just, uh, was very difficult putting that many ideas together in a year's time since the last one came out. So, and then we had to edit it and it's a process of uh, writing a book and editing is, uh, exhausting to say the least, but it's also, very rewarding uh you can you know you customize it you get artists like you said clinton decker did the artwork on cliffs of the heart book 
And he's a world-class artist who's installed at uh, one of America's uh, best museums of art. And he did all the artwork in my first book, uh, Incredible. So unfortunately, Clinton's not going to be out for this, but uh, we do have an idea for a third book. And uh, he's, he's already been installed to do the cover. So <laughs> hey, um, tell us, uh, share with our, my listeners the story about like how you came to meet um, your pub, the, the your publisher, because I think that oh, was wow. kind of a serendipitous, synchronicity, miraculous kind of thing. Yes. Uh, well, what happened was, and this was uh, about eight years ago before the Hurricane Maria incident, uh, I was working and I fell off a ladder and I broke both of my legs. I, I didn't walk for two years. So uh, that's really where I started writing and uh, reaching out. And uh, so I would travel to Connecticut to see my grandchildren, my family. And uh, I met this gal, this Australian gal one night at my favorite restaurant in Connecticut. And uh, I was in, I was on crutches, casts, you know, I was really banged up. And uh, you look really pathetic. I really did look pathetic. Yeah. But she was going through her own struggle at the time. And uh, so we both commiserated. And I said, what do you do? And she said, oh, I'm a publisher and I, I do my own books. And I, I started to share with uh, with her, with Diana DeLucia, um, some of my writing at the time. And uh, she encouraged me. She said, look, I'll, I'll publish your book if you ever want to do it. Uh, you have some great stuff here. And I think... Uh, I think we can get it out to the world. And so that was eight years ago after my fall and uh, learning to walk again. So we've been friends for that long. She's been the guiding force to all my, my books and everything. And without her, I mean, she came to me during COVID, the first week of COVID, she called me. And she said, how would you like to do your book? And I said, ah, you know, I kind of gave up on that idea. And she said, no, 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 I've got time. If you want to do your book, let's let's get it out there. Let's do it. So she pushed me to do the Close to the Heart book. And she had had all these uh, handwritten, like a big glob of handwritten posts that I had done before I met her. And we had to go through that. And she's like an internet whiz. And, and she was like, you don't have anything on, on uh, the, you know, stored. You don't have a computer or anything. And I, I was like, at the time, I was computer illiterate. <laughs> and right. uh, so it taught me to get up to snuff on that and get, get writing. And um, so at that point, when COVID hit, um, I jumped on it. And she helped me get it out. Within a year, we got the book out, Close to the Heart. And then uh, we had a book signing here uh, out west at the Fred. And that was really an extremely wonderful experience. Uh, I brought another band out for that. And uh, Sonia Ray Taylor band, blues band. And we really had a good time uh, there. And, you know, every time I do something, an event like that, it's going to be a big show. And it's just I'm from New Jersey and everything's a big show. You know, that's how it works there. <laughs> the Bruce Springsteen and all that. So, uh, yeah, she 
she uh, has been my guiding force behind all this. She's written three huge books herself. She's into the golf um, restaurant business. So she, her name of her company is Golf Kitchen, and those are her books. And she goes to the best golf clubs in the world and interviews the, uh, the chefs and photographs the course and the foods and the recipes. And she's, she's just amazing at what she does. Uh, so shout out to Diana. Thank you, Diana. Delucia, you're an angel. Yeah, and so your uh, your book wasn't exactly the, along the lines of the kinds of books that she normally publishes, but there's just something. No, about no, it. absolutely not. That spoke to her heart. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And, and so I, I really, uh, and then you know, you called me last year to do an interview on. Uh, the book and, and i was grateful for that but i you know i'm definitely afraid of these things i i'm not comfortable in the least doing what we're doing right now and you know the fact that i'm not in the studio helps a whole lot you know because i can be uh i can be in a comfortable place and yeah and talk so it's not it's not so bad ray but cool. I, I really yeah. appreciate you doing this <laughs> oh i'm you know i'm glad to do it because it's like you've got what you're saying is what people need to hear, especially like I know. So, how do you see the um, the the connection between what we went through on a local level with Maria, and now we're going through again in a sense with the pandemic, but the rest of the world is joined us. So like, do you see like similarities yeah. between Maria and the pandemic and um, how your speaking is maybe evolving to be something for more uh, um, inclusive of more people because more people are going through hard times now? Yes, we're, uh, we're all, I think we all have a degree of PTSD right now. I think we're all people living in the world right now, wherever you are are going through traumatic events uh, just by climate change. I mean, the last two years seems to be this drama about being part of the problem or the solution, you know? And right. now more than ever, it seems like we all need to actively protest the things that are accept unacceptable in the 21st century. Uh, and there's, there's a list of them. It seems we've gone backwards on many of the fronts uh, instead of forwards, you know? And, and I'll name a few here. That, uh, an erosion of democratic norms, an escalating climate emergency, corrosive racial inequality, a crackdown on the right to vote, rampant pay inequality. Uh, it seems like America itself is in, in fight of its life. And what are we doing personally to build a better world? Uh, instead of gaslighting, let's do love bombing. Instead of hateful, cool. be more grateful. Uh, that's how you change the world. And it's uh, time for the world to pull together and raise consciousness. I think that's why a lot of this is happening. It's I waking agree. it all up, right? Yep. I look at this as like the negative ego fighting back. And yet it's actually an opportunity because it's revealing how off track we've become. Yes, absolutely. Now, agreed 100%. Uh, you know, I, I never thought of uh, what what you do, the, the, the breath, uh, 
and I, I need to have a conversation with you about this because I don't fully understand what you do, but I know you're healing people and what you're doing is, is healing. Uh, and a lot of us need a good healing right now. And that's what we're all going through. And we're reaching out to, uh, you know, forms of uh, holistic therapy like you are teaching and uh, yoga. And, you know, everybody's really in need of a healing right now. Yeah. No matter where you are, and uh, you know, you you just you're doing a great thing, doing thank what you. you're doing. I, yeah, thank you. And I, yeah, I, I, I see it all around me, and people come for the breath work. Like I do, like one-on-one sessions is like the meat and bones or meat and potatoes, whatever you call it. Of yes. what I do, it's like you're like doing nothing but breathing for an hour and a half in a particular method. Right. That's working with people intensely one-on-one and there's all kinds of, you know, releases and integrations that happen with that. And then I also do like a class thing, which is less um, intense, less one-on-one, less um, um, personalized and actually, you know, less effective because it's not breathing intensely for an hour and a half. It's only right. it's just a class and, and, but we do like, I cover like, different aspects of breath work and meditation and um, spiritual talks. And then people usually have questions or something came up during the week they want to talk about. We talk about that. And that's on Zoom. That's every Sunday. Um, So and that could be like a good introduction to a more serious um, session. Or you could just make it make it a one off and only do that. Um, And that I see, I feel the the anxiety and the stress and the PTSD mm-hmm. that and, and so I look for anything which anything which is contributing positive energy is going to be healing of that. And that's why I wanted you on the show because your your writings um, that people can turn to whenever they want on your blog or on your Facebook page and read that and that can shift the energy so that they get a release or an integration of that anxiety or that stress. Yes, absolutely. And yeah, what you, yeah love, uh, grateful instead of hateful and love bomb instead of gaslighting. I love that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. We, we need to go there, uh, do more of that. And, uh, it's just it's the art of needing less and having more, you know, um, breathing, just that alone. I, I've been thinking a lot about that by the, uh, the stuff that you offer and, uh, the things we take for granted, there's so much treasure in them. If we just slow our lives down, uh, get a heightened awareness of everything that's going on, uh, enlightenment and just breathe and um, let things clarify themselves by, by slowing down our lives, by needing less, you know? Uh, looking at things we take for granted every day, ordinary things, and using them for the special gifts that they are, that we take for granted, elevating things we take for granted in, and making them into supernatural acts, like just breathing alone. Uh, many of us don't even think about that. I've My whole life I've gone not really thinking about breathing and how good that is for you and and there's you know yogis there's there's gurus there's there's people like you that that swear by it and it's powerful stuff and i i've just 
you know, I, I am totally unfamiliar with it. And I want to, I definitely want to start doing that uh, to help because I'm still banged up. You know, I'm still going through it. Uh, yeah. It's not easy. It's probably why I stay as busy as I am work-wise just to almost avoid yeah, uh, dealing with it. People use things like work as distractions. Yeah, and I, but I do I do love work. Uh, you know, it, it's the heart sings when you work when you're doing what yeah. you like, and uh, that's a good thing. Uh, but you know, it's it's like a consciousness, uh, being conscious, like the Rastas say. You know, um, it's living in that consciousness all the time. You're washing your dishes, dishes. You're you're in that consciousness. Walking your dog, right. you're in that consciousness. So you're raising the level of that experience to something else where it's more powerful, where your life's more powerful. And, uh, and then good stuff starts to really come into you and, and overtake your life and uh, it needs a release. So you, you need to, to share that with other people and to give to other people, you know? And I think, like you said, it's the world in time. Yeah, I think you're right. Like, we are raising yeah, definitely. Yeah, true happiness is is always below the surface of things in the heart. And, uh, you know, it's not always where we look for it in the things, in the cars, in the homes, you know, in, in the materialistic things. It's really our happiness is derived from our heart, you know, and that's why my books are all about heart, the cliffs of the heart. Uh, cliffs are are dangerous going over the cliff. I've gone over the cliff many times, right. <laughs> you know, off the deep end. Uh, but to, to learn how to, uh, to, to heal yourself without drugs, without alcohol being a driving force, which for, for many years it was for me. And uh, I, until I got clean, uh, I've been off the drugs for about 10 years. Uh, I've been over six months just uh, doing without alcohol and uh, and that was a struggle, but it, I feel a lot better. I'm, my consciousness is raised. I'm lighter, you know, and uh, and that's all part of uh, healing ourselves, you know, is finding what we personally need to live with and live without, you know, and raising well, a lot our of that. You know, a lot of people turn to things like drug and alcohol to suppress stuff that they don't want to look at because they think it's will be painful or bad. Yeah. Yeah. But then if you if you actually look at it, you find out there's there there's no monster in the closet. <laughs> yeah. And you integrate it and you you know the energy gets the energy blockages get cleared out and um, you, then you don't, you don't, when you, once you learn that you can integrate, you don't need to suppress anymore. So then you just mm -hmm. go through your life effortlessly, not surprising. Right. Uh, you have anything from your, I'm sorry, go ahead. Yeah. Can I read something from the, uh, the newest, uh, you read my mind. That was just what I was going to ask you. Do you have anything <laughs> for your new book? I was afraid to ask yeah, you. Yeah. No, 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 no. I, okay, I, yeah. I'd love to read. I'll read you this one. Um, and, and weekly, I usually have 
a couple of these in my website. So every, every week I try and have a few of these uh, stories in my website. And uh, I've probably gotten, since I started it uh, a year ago, actually, yeah, about a year ago, um, there's a ton of, of really good reads in there. And uh, I, I, from time to time, go back and read them and uh, very inspirational. So here's one of them. Sometimes sitting in limbo is a great place to be. There is this ambivalent, delicious ambiguity about not knowing how things are going to resolve themselves. The amnesia attached to mystery. To occupy that place and state of mind with complete abandonment of self to the winds of change and let them blow through us is a working miracle in itself. It's about learning to be flexible when we'd rather hinder the inevitable, learning to bend in the wind like a hundred year old trees. Some branches will inevitably break to save the entire tree. Storms also make trees grow stronger roots. It's nature's way, even though there may be scarring on the trunk, but a tree that is older and wiser has seen all kinds of seasons and expects everything and nothing. Somewhere between conceptualizing and intuition, between thought and feeling is the place in our core that we learn to trust the divine in all things. It's not some gray unfeeling limbo either or hopeless dither, but the gift of living life fully in the present rather than being fixated on outcomes that are often out of our hands. It's also the art of needing less and having more accepting our imperfections that makes us better at becoming a whole person. Almost done. <laughs> no sense no, in frustrating, <laughs> no sense in frustrating the moments yet to be lived by worrying over them. Best to let go of certainty by openness of heart, willingness of mind, while embracing life for the paradox that it is. Some find this paradox to be a paradise in limbo, somewhere between worlds, sorting ourselves out, butterflies in the wind. Sometimes it's best not knowing the end of the movie so we can enjoy the story all the way through and wait for our critical cameo role to play in it. Cool. That was one recent one. So yeah, they're, they're, some of them are pretty long. Uh, but it's 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 really fun creating them. Uh, like you said, it's it's an out of the body experience almost writing some of these things because you're following a thought somewhere you've never been, and uh, you're accessing emotions and thoughts that you may have had deeply, but you've never been able to formulate them and put them on paper. You know, and getting in touch it's with yourself. Something takes over you and speaks through you, isn't it? Somewhat, yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because you're it, like waiting to see where this is going. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's it's, and it's sometimes it's, in the middle of it, you're like, I I I think I'm painting myself into a corner on this. How am I getting out of this? <laughs> yeah, there's uh Joan Didion, this great writer. Um, uh, I don't know if you know who she is, but she yeah. she was a playwright, amazing writer. 
uh, amazing woman. When she'd hit a, a roadblock in her writing, she used to put the book or whatever she was writing in the freezer. Okay. And she'd let it sit in the freezer and take it out when, when she was ready to continue the thought or when, when she had a breakthrough. So, you know, a lot of it why is the freezer. I don't, why did she do that? I never heard this before. Put it on ice, you know, put it on ice, literally. <laughs> I guess yeah. people look at it from time to time. Every time she'd go in her freezer, there it would be waiting for her. <laughs> exactly. She she probably, yeah, she would probably go in there for ice and say, ah. <laughs> but yeah, it's it's almost like uh, you know, it's it's like a mystery. Uh and yeah. tapping tapping a mystery and finding, you know, where it leads you and stuff like that. So uh a lot of my writings at the daily reading and guideposts are like that. So it, it, it'll plant a seed for a thought or an experience, you know, and it's, uh, it's really easy reading. It's not religious. It's, it's very spiritual and it's, it's relative to all religions, all people. And, you know, I haven't really painted myself in a corner that way. Yeah. Yeah, but I, mean, I know you 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 um, had a significant religious uh, involvement earlier in your life that you um, extricated yourself from, and I think you moved <laughs> definitely into the land of spirituality versus religiosity. And yeah, it's all about sharing from the heart, and I just want people to understand that you know if if a we are we're in. We're, we're pushed in this society to always be doing and to be um, a producer and a consumer and to look at others as competitors. And so we're always in conflict with one another, which is where all the um, injustices come from. And if someone can come here from New Jersey or Connecticut, be wiped out by a Hurricane Maria and still shift from that doing mind which is like you know i'm gonna panic i'm gonna stress out i'm gonna like freak out that i have nothing and start like swinging my clubs to get to the top again and all this instead of doing that can shift into the being mode of, of going with the flow of the universe and allow and allowing yourself to cooperate with the the vibration of love that the universe is constantly flowing through us so that we're that, that we don't most people miss because they're so focused on mm -hmm. doing yeah their livelihoods the yep. being and you begin to flow this and if somebody can do that after all they've been through that you've been through how much more can mo more of us do that i mean people could look to your writing as like an example of what's possible um you don't have to be a, a saint meditating on a mountaintop for 40 years in order to make this connection you can make this connection where you are right now right exactly agreed yeah it's, it's like when i moved here 12 years ago uh it seems like the last 12 years have it broke me down stripped me of non-essentials uh elements from my life and that's uh there were purposes why I moved here that I had no clue about. 
but I, I went with the spirit that moved me here. Uh, one of the great experience is being a minority, uh, being a white minority here. Uh, that tripped me out. Uh, that, that is a great experience because there, you know, all of us living in the, in the States, in the world, there's, there's environmental racism as much as there is uh, personal racism. And I had a lot of environmental racism left over and moving here and having 17 black senators, uh, basically uh, these Africans, they were my brothers and sisters down here that were, you know, running this island and uh, everybody getting along pretty well, uh, you know, being a really sweet spot. And that, that really changed me. Uh, an island, you know, I, I moved here to be on an island. An island can be a very spiritual place, mm -hmm. uh, a complete world in a sense. Uh, you're away from the big world and it teaches you a lot of things like downsizing, gratitude, uh, living in the fringes of the modern world can be a, a healing place, which you and I know very well. It's become our healing place. Uh, the rom romantic idea of escape and sanctuary. Uh, I picture the West Indies as a clinic for trauma counseling, and I've not been proven wrong yet. It really has been a healing factor. I would never have written books if I wasn't right. here. You know, there is a, a vortex of really good energy here. Yeah, and when I when I you know when my wife and I stepped off the plane for the first time, we could feel I mean, because of the work that we do, we're very sensitive to energy. Mm -hmm. And you know, I wasn't looking at turquoise waters, I was looking at an airport tarmac, so I wasn't being influenced <laughs> by anything, but yeah. we could feel this incredibly good positive energy. Um People who've lived here their whole lives probably just get so used to it, they don't notice it anymore. But St. Croix has an amazingly powerful healing energy. Yes, um, Def, I agree with you 100%. And it, 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 uh, a lot of really good things go down here, you know. Uh, we can be a microcosm for the change in the world here by how yeah, I, our community... I was just recently talking to somebody about this. I think we can, we can, um, uh, I think we can get away. Maybe we can get away with stuff here that they up in the states they won't, they don't pay any attention to us. So we can do some radical stuff here that, that and get away with it. Right, right. Um, uh, when you say environmental racism, to me that means like that's why they put the oil refinery here. But I'm not sure that's what you meant. No, what, what I mean is uh, growing up uh, in the 60s and, and 70s, uh, I remember my, uh, my black friends and my white friends, and we, we would make fun of each other. And then there are the stereotypes. And then there's the, the, the stereotypes are very powerful things, you know, if you don't get beyond them. And uh, there's an uncomfortability between races of people that people that are different you know and when we're more accepting uh, like a place like here is more accepting towards all kinds of people uh gay straight you know black white it doesn't really matter here uh we're all kind of in this boat together thing so environmental racism is it's in your it's in your 
person just by living, you know. Your volume went way down all of a sudden. What's that? Your volume went way down. Oh, I I didn't touch it. I hang on, let me turn it up here. How's that? I didn't touch it, Ray. Do I need to speak louder? Yeah, this is good. Okay, I I will I will keep the uh, the microphone up here. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, we're all suffering from PTSD in this world, and uh, we learn quicker, I think, on an island like like we have here, going through the the stuff that we go through, uh, the the traumatic events of hurricanes and. We, we gather and, and we get closer, you know, and we learn quickly how to solve uh, crisis management, you know. And uh, I, really, the bad things that happen out here seem to pull us together and not tear us apart, which is uh, very commendable. And that's why I moved out here. I knew this place would have a lot more love, a lot more understanding, you know, a, le- a lot less grandstanding. Um, so it, it's been a wonderful 12 years living here, and I, I really want to do 12 more, you know, but no more hurricanes, please. <laughs> but climate change, this is serious. What we're dealing with here, we are really going to have to put on our, uh, you know, our glasses and, and take a good look at this thing because we're responsible for everything that's, that's hitting us right now by inaction, you know, yeah. by acquiescing. And uh, it's no longer time to sit on the sidelines. We, we all are responsible for changing the world. And the more, the merrier, the more, the better, the more powerful we can become as grassroots, you know, for change. So I'm looking forward to uh, this book signing event. Uh, I think it's, it's, it's really fun meeting new people on an island. I mean, we only have 50,000 people on this island, supposedly. And uh, there's some people I only see once or twice a year. And I, I like always ask them, where have you been hiding? You know, it's, it's only a hundred square mile island, but uh, everybody has a, a pretty nice uh, place here. And uh, they, they find their little sanctuary wherever it is, you know? So it'll, it'll be fun to meet these people I haven't seen in a year. And, uh, to get out and everybody's to start getting beyond COVID and uh, enjoying themselves a little bit more, you know? Yeah. When is the, what time is the uh, book signing event? Uh, Friday the 18th, it's uh, 6.30 to 9.30 with the band. Uh, Saturday, same thing, 6.30 to 9.30. And then Sunday is a brunch. So they'll be downstairs on Sunday around the pool uh, from 12 to 3, 3.30. And I understand there's going to be a, a bunch of local musicians uh, jumping in, you know, a little bit and uh, sharing with the band. So that'll be nice. And, uh, you know, it'll just be a good experience for everybody to come out and have a good time at a new hotel, no yeah. less. You know. World-class hotel. Yeah, I, um, yeah, 
I was I wandered around the post Hugo ruins, and it's hard to believe it's the same place. Yeah, yeah, they've really done a great job. Amazing, incredible job. They got a great crew there. Um, wonderful locals that are doing all the work. And then you got Barbara doing all the murals there. Have you seen the murals yet? I've you seen haven't some been of them. out there? Yeah, yeah, I've seen okay. some of them. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's yeah. just incredible. It, it's, it's lovely. Well, uh, it? Yeah. <laughs> She's going to kill me, but I, I'm not sure of her, uh, her name, her last name. And I should. I've got oh, some of her originals hanging in. Go there this weekend and go there the, the, the 18th and find out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But everybody knows her. It's Isabel and Barbara are the, are the big muralists out here. And, yeah. Uh, they really do great work accenting the, the little spaces, you know. But that's a big hotel. And, and uh, the, the bar area alone, that big star overhang that they have it's it's gorgeous and that survived hugo and and the view of the water there is just uh very impressive so i like we said before i like to uh really support the local businesses you know and establishments and work them into what i'm doing you know it's kind of fun yeah yeah it's always good to to give and what what is What, what would you say is the most important message you can give to people struggling with the PTSD from the hurricane immediately followed by the COVID pandemic and the, and the, and the oil refinery being on again, off again? Um, like we've been going through a lot here. And yeah, yeah, we have. We really have. We're struggling. We're, you know, the little engine that that could. Good, yeah. You know, uh, let me let me read one more small. Um, to answer that, I'll read you one more small post from my book here. Okay. Uh, just think of all the creative things you can do with your pain. You can create a very beautiful life from it, or you can wallow in self pity. It's up to you. You can create beautiful art from it, write a book, grow a garden, start a business. Anything you dream of, you can do instead of using it to be negative. The best songs and books in the world were episodes of pain turned into creative wonder. It's even therapeutic and healing for yourself as it is vicariously for others. Suffering is a catalyst for greatness. Get intimate with your pain till it shows you another way. To be greater than our suffering shows intense discipline. Once you tap it for good things and turn what once tormented you into an advantage, there's no end to what you can do turning bombshells into butterflies. That is so cool. <laughs> yeah, and we can. We can. You know, when 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 your pain seems like all you are, and you're totally identified with it, and you can't think yep. about anything else, and it's just your pain and your suffering is all that you know. There comes a so that's one way. 
But then the other way is to realize that you are as vast as the ocean and your pain and your suffering is just a, a tiny drop in that. And when right. you are expanded like that, you, you can take that pain and suffering and turn it into something beautiful. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it's uh, you got to stay busy, but you also have to slow down. So yes. it's finding that, that medium in your life, you know, where, where you're not avoiding by staying too busy and you're not just sitting on the sidelines doing nothing. But right. when you're sitting in the sidelines doing nothing, you can be doing everything. Uh, you can be breathing. You know, you can be raising your consciousness. You can be reading. Uh, you can be praying. You can be asking uh, the universe, what, what, what is my, what am I supposed to be doing? You know, and uh, it's just a heart search. And it's, it's the best place to find yourself sometimes. My, my trauma and pain has been my best friend. And uh, I, when I broke both of my legs, I, I for six months, I relived the experience every day of that fall, of that pain. And I would clench. And for two years, the pain woke me up every night. I could hardly sleep. So when I learned to deal with it, with the pain without drugs and to accept it, it, it took a long time coming, but it, it got me back on my feet and I saw beyond the pain and I transformed the pain into something else. And, and now, I mean, I, I learned to uh, get herbs that help relieve the pain. Uh, I learned to eat better. So everything pointed me in another direction. All, all that bad stuff was pointing me somewhere else. And it's, it's just led me to uh, this sweet spot in my life that I'm just trying to share with other people, you know. And I'm grateful that I have something that I can give. And we all, each of us has something we can give somebody else. And to find that is really the search of our life, you know, to find our gift how it works and and who you know who we can touch with our lives that is so true that's so true and so beautiful and i hope people can you know i think if if they um just go to your website close to the heart.com they're going to find a lot of things there that will touch their hearts I hope so. It's it's. Uh, I really put myself, poured my my heart into it, and uh, there there's a lot of good stuff in there that could be helpful for people that are struggling, you know. And uh, it's been fun. I, I just uh, I'm ready for book three, but we got to get the supply chain working and get this book two out here. Hopefully, uh, I'll have a hundred copies next weekend, but that's to be determined. Otherwise, uh, there's going to be a lot of people that order the book, pre-order it, will get a free Cliffs of the Heart book. So uh, either and, way, it's going to be. And then the 365 when it's available. When it comes out, yes. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Cool. So it's, it's been a struggle, Ray, as you know. But uh, speaking of which, I have to get back to my life and my work. <laughs> 
Yeah. So you you're, you need to leave. You need to. We're out of time. Yeah. You? Yeah. I need to head out. I got some people waiting for me and counting on me right now. But uh, okay. Well, this I, wanted, was a, I know you did let me know. You, you did let me know that you probably would only be able to do an hour. So I appreciate your time. Thanks for making. Unless the you time have any calls for, or anything like that, Ray. What? Unless you have any calls or anything like that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm doing, I'm lighting so I'm up doing the, the show now. I'm not in the studio and um, are they taking calls like this is beyond my technical expertise. <laughs> but, well, Ray, um, thank you very much. And thank it's you. It's always a pleasure. Uh, I hope to see you out at Grape Tree Bay yep. next weekend. And yep, uh, I'll be there. Hopefully we can all get back to life uh, beyond COVID and some sense of normalcy in our lives again, you know? Yeah. Looking yeah. I think, you know, you, I, I have people, I have you on the show because you're contributing positive energy and it's almost uh, sad to say, but the, the positive energy you're contributing is, is helping to get us back to normalcy. But actually, it's more than normal. So I don't think I don't think we want to go back to the way things were before. I think we absolutely, want to to I agree, hundred percent. Yes, yes, you're right. And I think you're leading the, one of the leaders of the way there. Yes. All right. Thank, Thank you, Ray. Bless, right. love. All right. You just gotta log off. I think. Okay. Peace be with you, man. Same here. Peace be with you. Okay, that was Gregory Dunnett, uh, local author, Cliffs of the Heart, and also 365 Gratitudes for Better Living. Um, came on the show just now to talk about his new book. He's got a book signing um, and release, book release party, book signing. You know, if you want him to autograph your copy of the book, he will. And if they don't have any copies there because of the supply chain issues, I'm sure he'll, you know, that that will be handled. If you pre-order the book, go to the party. Um, uh, um, I'm pretty sure if you want an autographed copy of the book, all you got to do is just, you know, let Greg know the next time you see him at, at one of the local restaurants. Hey, I need an autographed copy of your book. Anyway, so that will be at the new Great Tree Bay Hotel next weekend st patrick's day weekend friday saturday sunday going to be some uh, music um that greg has a musical kind of a connection and background he used to run like music festivals um in, at a big giant farm up in the states so he meets a lot of these new bands so he's going to be doing that as well um that you'll have some uh, musical entertainment um and uh, yeah, and so I posted the um, his website, clipsoftheheart.com on the, I posted that in the comments. So if you want to just click the link, you can wind up on his site, read his blog, uh, find out how to order either one of his books and all the dates and details for the book release event taking place at the Grape Tree Bay is hotel is also on that site um and yeah you know it's like uh uh greg was talking about how we have 
so many things available to us that we take for granted, like the breath. And that was one of the things that I first noticed about the breath is that, you know, you have it with you all the time. It's free. Most people take it for granted. But one of the reasons that um, I began to take notice about the breath is, you know, the breath happens automatically. You don't have to think about breathing. And like Greg said, most of us never think about breathing. But you don't have to, th you really don't have to think about breathing. Whether you think about it or not, you're going to breathe. You know, otherwise people would be falling down on the street because they forgot to breathe, right? And so the breath is like an automatic system. It happens automatically. And you have a number of automatic systems. Your heart beats automatically. You don't have to think about it. Your digestive system, your stomach digests food automatically. You don't have to think about it. So you've got you, um, all these, a lot of different in your nervous system, your autonomic, your parasympathetic, sympathetic, you got all kinds of, your liver, you have all kinds of things going on in your body that, you know, thankfully you don't have to, worry about and, and control or take charge of. But what's interesting is the breath is the only, remember, notice that, the only automatic system, automatic system in the body that you can actually control. You can't make your food digest faster, right? You can't make your liver work harder. You can't, um, control your heartbeat you can't turn your eyes off unless you want to count closing your eyelids but your breathing you, you can completely control it's an automatic system that runs whether you're thinking about it or, or not but anytime that you choose to you can breathe more deeply you can breathe less deeply you can breathe fast you can breathe slow you can speed your breathing up you can slow it down. You can make it really, really deep. You can even stop it holding your breath. You can't stop your heartbeat. It's the only automatic system that runs automatically whether you are thinking about it or not. But unlike all the other automatic systems, you can, you can control it. You can make it go fast or slow, shallow or deep, stop it. And... To me, that seemed like an invitation. Like, why do I have the ability to control my breath unless it's something that I'm meant to explore? Most people don't, ex don't even think about their breathing, let alone explore it. And so their breathing just happens as a result of, of how they feel. So if they're tense and nervous, their breathing gets erratic and choppy. You know, um, a lot of people don't know how to be calm without the assistance of, you know, ingredients. I mean, um, um, you know, people go to the beach to relax, but they have to have a beer and that helps them relax. And as they become more relaxed, their breathing becomes smoother and less choppy. But the thing is, is you can control your breathing and enter into a relaxed state. You don't have to wait for the relaxed state to happen to you. Like you're some kind of, you know, 
piece of seaweed floating in the ocean from port to port and wherever you happen to land up in terms of your emotional state is how you feel and how you breathe. You can have a boat with a, with a rudder that you can control and drive and correct. And if you're feeling stressed out and anxious, you can take control of that breathing, that automatic system that you are invited by nature, by your body. The fact that you can take control of it is showing you that there's an opportunity, an invitation there. So you can take, you can take control of that breathing and steer your boat into whatever port you want to go to. Yeah, so that's kind of, you know, and and like that's the kind of thing that I talk about on my, you know, and it's like, I'm like Greg. Um, in that I'm trying to just bring through through me an energy that is sharing with people things that hopefully some people find um, helpful and useful. So, you know, I do the I do the Sunday class, the Sunday sitting Sunday sittings at seven thirty on Zoom from Saint Croix. It's the full name of it. I almost never use the, all of that. I kind of like the alliteration: Sunday sitting Zoom. 7.30, St. Croix. Um, and uh, um, just to uh, 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 let people know, this Sunday, the clocks change. Two o'clock in the morning on Sunday, um, all the clocks on the east, uh, in all the clocks, um, like, for example, in New York, daylight savings time, they're going to advance an hour. We don't do that here. So what that means is, if you are in New York, for example, or anywhere on the East Coast, um, the Sunday 7.30 that starts at 7.30 here in St. Croix, it will also be starting at 7.30 your time, right? So um, we are now synced up again with New York. We, we were an hour ahead, but now they have caught, they will, be, they, they will have caught up with us and we will be synced up with them. And uh, um, so the class will be 7.30 for um, us here in St. Croix and also people in the Eastern Standard Time. And then as you go down the time zones, of course, everybody's going to be back an hour. And um, if you go to, I have, uh, let me post on the comments. I've got Greg's website posted. I'm going to put the site for, for, um, um, oh, thank you, Ruta. Very nice comment. I'm going to post the, I'm going to put this up as a short link. It's to my WordPress blog, which is Sacred Freedom, Gate, Sacred Breath, Gateway to Freedom. Um, but there's like a short link. So if you're trying to do it by hand, you don't have to type so much. So I put that up, but the WP is for, and you get like a preview. So that's where the Sunday 7.30 sittings on Zoom information is, if anyone wants to join us. And, but I'm putting it up there because on that page, I have a link to a really fantastic time zone converter. And no matter where you are in the world, 
if you click that link, it'll show you the day and time for this Sunday sitting for wherever you happen to be. Um, and uh, uh, so that's really handy. And because and because uh, like, you know, it, it, uh, if you're far enough away, like New Zealand or Australia, it's going to be like the next day. So and that can get really confusing. And so that link gives you a will take you to it'll just show you, you know, you don't have to click around or enter numbers. You just click that and it will show you the day and time of the Sunday sitting for your location. And uh, that's on the that's on the uh, that will be on that page. The page itself just gives you all the details about the Sunday sitting, which um, you know, like Greg has his blog where you can read uh, his blog and his Facebook posts where you can read some of his positive posts. Um, I have the Sunday sitting where you can you can come and uh, learn about all the all the like I say I talk about breath work, um, meditation. We do a meditation usually, and the breath work it's not like the one-on-one -on -one in depth session, which is like the real, really beneficial thing. But since I specialize in breath work, you know, I'm, I'm, I learn about all the different kinds and, you know, there's like breath work techniques. Like we, I try to do something different every week. So I don't repeat myself too much. Um, for example, like the Navy SEALs, when they go into a combat situation and where they need to be alert, and fully aware of everything going on around them, but not stressed out. You know, you want to be fully awake and alert, but not jittery or nervous. There are breathing techniques that they use to maintain calm alertness. And so like I might teach that technique. Um, just breathing techniques that creatives like musicians and artists use in order to um, ramp up their creativity. Um, there's techniques you can use in just dealing with the stresses and hassles of daily life, especially now in, you know, every, I think people are becoming, in general, we see people are really stressed out. So you may be um, interacting with someone who is stressed and you don't know what all they have going on at home, right? They could be having some real challenging situations. And we, as human beings, we have a tendency to kind of take that out on each other. And if they take it out on you and then you retaliate by taking it out on them, then they come back at you even harder and it escalates and it ramps up and it spreads misery. You could be the person who does not take that on, who does not retaliate who is not triggered and, and um, pushed by that. Even, even though normally you would maybe react in a very strong negative way, you can get to a state of consciousness where you just feel peaceful. And then that shows the other person that peace is possible. And we kind of like, then we're spreading peace. And that's what spreads out to the community. So um, there's techniques that other than what I do 
with people one-on-one -on -one with the appointments, with the intense breathing, which sessions of an hour and a half was a lot of, you know, and there's talking and we create, you know, we, we just talking, there's breathing. Um, there's a feel, you feel the energy flowing through you and you learn, and this energy helps you to learn how to integrate these feelings that you've suppressed. And it's like a transformation of the human being into a, a, um, a more peaceful center. But even if you don't do that, the Sunday classes, I show people things that you can do while you're standing in line at the grocery store and somebody's coming at you with a bunch of negative energy, ways that you can take control of your breathing instead of letting it just, you know, go haphazardly, somebody's coming at you, you're getting stressed out, you need to defend yourself, your breathing gets all erratic, and, and there's a connection between how you feel, what you're thinking, and how you're breathing. How you breathe is how you live. So there's this connection, and we usually just let the breathing part do whatever it does, you know. We don't realize that we can use the breathing part as a tool to control how we're feeling, which controls what we're thinking. And then you wind up where your life just is so much more pleasant and you're not spreading anger, you're spreading peace. So, um, and those techniques, you know, you don't have to be laying down, you can do them standing up. So that's kind of a lot of stuff that I share on the classes. And then as a result of doing the intense breathing myself, right? This isn't just something I have, I have other people do i practice this myself in fact uh yeah when greg was talking about the pain that's kind of what got me into breathing in the first place i had an incredibly uh uh i was i i was in extreme pain i got i was getting no sleep because the pain would wake me up I was becoming non-functional from lack of sleep. I was taking a bottle of Advil every day. I was diagnosed with something that was supposed to cripple me from the neck down and leave me in a wheelchair for the rest of my life with um, the, the pain that, that was only in my shoulders spreading to my entire body and breath work the intense kind of one hour, one and a half hour, two hour sessions I'm talking about, um, that's what healed me. So that's why I got into it. And I started out just like, you know, being a client and benefiting from the healing, but it was so not only the physical healing, but also the mental and emotional healing, the, the, rapid progress that I made in, in like becoming a more, I don't know how to say it, evolved human being, seeing things from a higher perspective, um, letting go of inhibitions that I'd had since childhood that had kind of like held me back my whole, my whole life. I mean, after all of that, it was like, I'm like, why doesn't everybody know about this? So I decided to pursue it professionally as a career. And one of the things in there's there's different varieties and branches of breathwork now, 
I, the one that I studied was the one started by the person who originally discovered it. And, I, you know, all of them, the, all of the different branches began with this person, either, uh, you know, the, the, either they learned it from someone, either they learned it from him or they learned it from someone who learned it from him or they learned it from someone who learned it from someone who learned it from him. And then people had their own little tweaks, bells and whistles. And, you know, and that's where all the different branches come from. But like uh, holotropic breath work, transformational breath work, shamanic breath work, vibration, rebirthing breath work, conscious connected breathing, intuitive energy breathing, um, somatic Soma breath work. This all of them began with the original form that and that's the one that I studied. And his one of his main requirements, if you want to do this, is that you should be doing your giving yourself a session. Um, ideally, every day. And so on a regular basis, most of the, right? And so when you give your, so, you know, ideally, I, I, even he did not achieve it because he said, you know, sometimes life happens and you just can't get a session in. But if your goal is seven days a week and you don't make it, but you're really trying, then you work out to like five or six days a week. I, I would say over the last, since um, I learned this in 1995, I probably average probably over six a week, six point something, 6.5, let's call it. And so if you do that, this is like an incredibly powerful thing. And if you do it every day for 30 years, you, you learn and you see things. Um, and so in the class, part of the class, after we do the meditation and the breathing, I start sharing some of, you know, I, 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 I see things from a more unitary consciousness of oneness and it perceive i can tell you know it, per, it perceives the universe in a different way and it is so on one hand it's so complicated because you're seeing things in a totally different way than how you ever did before and how most people do on the other hand it's so simple because it's just obvious it's just right in your face obvious so part of the class is me sharing from that oneness perspective to try to like share the spark so that people, and some people come just for the breath work, some come for the meditation, some come to learn. A lot of people just come for the, the part within them that knows that place to have a, a sharing of the spark. And, um, then the last part is answering questions and people sometimes they have questions about what we just talked about sometimes they'll have a question about what they um, um what happened to them over the week since the last class and um I think, yeah, you know, I really think that 
human consciousness is transforming and evolving and more and more people seem to be ready to experience life from, the, from a higher, um, more transcendental place. So that um, every Sunday at uh, 7.30 p.m. at night, joined by Zoom. Um, you can find me on my Facebook page or my um, Sacred Breath page. Anyway, um, that's what I do. So I just want to let people know that's available. Because I really saw, I feel like it connects between what Greg is talking about, where he's, he used this pain that he was having and turned it into art, and his writing is art. You know, art doesn't have to be pictures or music, writing is art. And, um, you know, he his his I don't know if it would embarrass be embarrassing for him for me to say this, but his writings are obviously being channeled from the same source that um, has written some of the great mystical books in the spiritual traditions. This is spirituality, not religion. And the breathwork is is spirituality, not religion. You don't have to, you know, you, it doesn't matter what your religion is, the breath work will get you closer to your your religion's core. Even no religion. Leonard Orr, the man who discovered this one time, had a client who was an atheist. He, the guy came to him, wanted to be a client. He was a psychiatrist and he was an atheist. And he told Leonard, he said, um, look, um, the only reason I'm here is because I know by doing this, I can re-experience my birth trauma. And I'm always talking to my clients about birth trauma. Uh, it's like a major aspect of, of working with people and helping them to heal. And I, but I would like to, I think I would be better at my job if I could go through the birth, if I could experience the birth trauma myself. Like, um, and for, you know, for those who don't know, like, um, birth trauma, everybody goes through it. It's why you don't remember your birth. The being born for most people is a traumatic experience. For most people, it's the closest they've ever come to die. The, um, there's a, I don't, they, you know, the, they used to, like, when you're born, um, there's the contractions in the womb coming through the birth canal. You go from, like, a 100-degree environment that's nice and warm and comfortable where all your needs are being met. Suddenly, you're in an air-conditioned hospital room. It's, it's like a 40, 50-degree temperature change in 
one fell swoop. The, you're being jerked upside down because they want to get your spine to straighten out. They're putting drops in your eyes that burn. Your umbilical cord is before your lungs are working because that's how they think. That's how they used to think you did, was necessary to get your lungs to work. They slap you on the back. The the lungs are completely collapsed because they've never been used before, and you're feeling like you don't know what's wrong. You don't have words. You don't know about oxygen or air or suffocation, right? But just physiologically, the newborn has this clenching up of total terror from not getting air anymore. There was never even, the, the newborn doesn't have words for this, doesn't know what it's all about, but all they know is physiologically, I'm, there's something I need a lot, I need really bad that I'm not getting. And then when, the, when they get you to take that first inhale of air, those brand new fresh lungs that were, have never been used before, and before you fill them up with air, they're, the sides of the lungs are touching each other. And when the air comes in, the sides of the lungs rip apart. And people who have remembered their birth experience during sessions say it's like breathing in shards of glass. And it's incredibly painful. And they, they used to, you know, like, why are you being born in a hospital room cooled down to 65 if you're coming out of a womb environment where it's like 100 degrees? Because the hospital, the hospital treats birth as an emergency surgical procedure. That's why you're in an operating room not as a natural thing, but as an emergency surgical procedure. And the operating room is maintained for the comfort of the nurses and the doctors, not for the comfort of the newborn. So, um, and, and they put the, uh, the drops in the eyes, which sting. They wrap you up on a scratchy wool blanket, which hurts. They jerk you. They hold on to your ankles and jerk you to get your spine to straighten out to help you start breathing. All of this, they didn't worry about because the, the thinking, the medical, the medical um, opinion, medical science opinion was newborns cannot feel pain. So it doesn't matter what we do, they're not going to feel it. And it was basically based on the fact that most people um, don't remember any pain at birth because they don't remember their birth because it was so painful and so traumatic. You suppressed it. It was, it, you, you don't remember it because you don't want to remember it. And then as medical science has, has progressed and we've gotten the ability to do brain, brain scans on newborns and we have people who have done various methods, including breath work for remembering their birth, we begin to find out actually birth is incredibly painful and incredibly traumatic. And that's what's called birth trauma. And that's where Frederick Le Boyer, the French obstetrician in the Liguard method, came from. A natural childbirth in, in a warm environment with subdued lighting, no loud noises, not cutting the umbilical cord until the child is ready to breathe on their own through their lungs. So that's what's, that's where that whole school of birth, birthing came from. 
the realization that the way we have been doing it is very traumatic. So, this this psychiatrist so so and 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 well before breathwork or rebirthing breathwork or leonard or came along there was an understanding in psychology that um there was a trauma at birth that people could um suffer from later on in their lives it would have a, a detrimental effect on how they lived their lives and like Otto Rank and Sigmund Freud talked about the birth trauma. And so psychiatrists will be working, there's like different schools of psychiatry, different branches, and some of them will work with people about their birth trauma to try to, to, try to um, help them have a better understanding of it and, and have a, a healing of it. And so this psychiatrist wanted to experience and ultimately heal his own birth trauma so that he could talk more knowledgeably with his clients because he felt like if he could actually experience it then he'd know he would know what he was talking about and he could talk from personal experience and not just book theory so but he was an atheist so he told um the, he told Leonard Orr um I want to do this because I want to learn about birth trauma but I don't want any of that God stuff. You just leave all that God stuff out of it. I don't want you to say one word to me about God. And if you, you know, agree to that, and I will do the sessions. And Leonard said, um, okay, all right, I'll just give you sessions. I won't mention a word about God or anything like that. Um, but just my conscience urges me to just let you know right up front, if you do these sessions, you may not remain an atheist. And the guy's like, I don't, I, you know, okay, whatever, give me the sessions. And so um, this man is not an atheist anymore because you have experiences that uh, show you things when you do this breath work. So um, it's not religious. in the sense that you can be any religion. You can even be an atheist, but it does get you out of the doing mode of consciousness and into a being mode of consciousness. And I've heard it said that the thing about the being mode of consciousness is it's like you have a coin and the coin has a head and a tail. And you could say heads and tails are different from each other but ultimately it's the same coin and so this being mode of consciousness is the heads and on the other side of this coin is the portal to god consciousness and ultimately it's the same coin so anytime you get in touch with the being mode of consciousness you run the risk of um, not being uh You run the risk of uh, meeting God, which, if you're an atheist, might be kind of a kind of a problem.
And it's really, you know, part of PTSD and the stress and trauma and drama of all that we've been through here on St. Croix, the Hurricane Maria followed quickly by the pandemic, the rest of the world, mainly just the pandemic. Um, what we've got going on in Ukraine right now, where everyone is wondering, you know, what's going to happen next. The freakish weather events that are making people more and more realize that there is something up with the climate, that the global climate is behaving oddly. And maybe those uh, uh, climate change doomsayers were right after all. Um, all these things are adding to people's daily stresses. And your physiological response to that is to kind of clench up physically and energetically. And it can become, if you do it long enough, you get to the point where you don't even notice it, but it's just wearing you down, burning you out, and you become less resilient and the slightest, most trivial little things make you go off and just lose it completely. Um, and, you know, you can take pills for that. You can smoke stuff for that. You can drink stuff for that. But then that just has its own problems, right? And it doesn't really... It doesn't really heal you. It just gives you temporary relief. And when the temporary relief wears off, it all comes back twice as bad as before. So um, there's breathing techniques that you can use, you can learn to help you actually heal and release. And then you're not going about your life clenched up and contracted. And sometimes people need to go through a lot of pain to get to that place. Greg did. I did. Eckhart Tolle talks about his experience with it. But you don't have to. You don't have to wait to the last possible minute. And I really think that all that's going on in the world now is like universal consciousness pushing us all as individual human beings towards that universal realization. It, it's as if our, uh, you know, we're being, we're being shown right, right to our faces. You cannot keep going the way you're going. You cannot keep doing this. Some people, you know, they, they just don't want to admit they were wrong. They don't want to change. So they kind of like bury their heads in the sand like ostriches and try to pretend like everything is back to normal. Try to pretend like the old normal was 
was perfectly fine and acceptable. But I think more and more of us are realizing how fundamentally dysfunctional the old normal was. And we're looking for a new way, a new normal. And the new normal is really a kind of, it's intrinsically wound up with how you look at the world, how you look at the universe, how you look at yourself in relationship to the world, the universe, and other people. And it's a fundamental shift in consciousness and perception. And I don't think you're going to be able to the new world unless you go through that shift without experiencing that shift or at least touching it once or twice so you have an awareness of disappointment. There's um, the old way of looking at things, which is fundamentally dysfunctional, created our fundamentally dysfunctional, you know, normal, old normal, what was considered normal a few years ago. Um, and we are moving, it's not working. That's what all of this is showing us. Ukraine, COVID. Um, even here locally, Maria, Irma on St. Thomas. How we respond, what happens, how our societies react to fundamental challenges that threaten us on an, on an existential level. We're being threatened with extinction and how are we reacting? How is our fundamental, what are the, the, the our social structures, our infrastructure, our healthcare system, um, these these fundamental systems appropriately profits to our existence. If you keep going the way old things, our consciousness, it's more um, stop who you really were functional at one point, and then we became afraid, and we became contracted, and we became defensive and defended, and we became sick. And we created a sick society. And it has become so sick that we're now realizing if we keep going with this, we're all going to die. So it's the invitation to give up the sickness, to give up the dysfunction, to just return back to your normal, natural state, which was healed because it wasn't ever sick. And from that state, create a new normal, a new society, a new system.
it's time to wake up from the nightmare, right? When you wake up from the nightmare, you're not like becoming some kind of super evolved, better thing. You're just not suffering anymore from the nightmare. That's what's artificial. This the suffering is artificial. The the nightmare is artificial. The dysfunctional system we've been trapped in for the last I don't know how many years is artificial. You free yourself from that and you become real. You become a real person, an authentic, loving, real person. When all the pretense of the ego is gone, you begin connecting with the same source that that Greg connected with when he wrote this book. And that is an inexhaustible source of love, which then connects with all the people in his environment, all the people who get this book or even just hear about it on this show or see it on the website. Um, it, it, it's, it's a spread of universal love and universal, universal consciousness. And that's what I like to do with my the classes and the breathing that I do with people. It's just, you know, it's the new, it's, it's new, it's the, um, that's where we're headed. It's where we're all headed. So I think that will be it for the show today. I want to thank you all for joining us on WSTX AM 970. Or maybe you caught us on Facebook Live or YouTube Live. Um, we're also live on Apple TuneIn, TuneIn Radio, on the station's website, which is WSTXRadio.com. There's like a listen live button. You click that. We have uh, WSTX Radio has AM and FM. FM is conscious reggae, 24-7. Best reggae, dare I say it, best reggae radio station in the Caribbean. Um, and then on the AM side, we do a lot of talk shows. So this is the Children of the Sun radio talk show every Friday, 1230 to 230, more or less. I try to, uh, I try to do um, positive energy from a fifth dimensional metaphysical point of view. So that's the kind of show that I do. Greg Ray Dunnett's the kind of guest that I try to get on the show. Um, and I hope you got some benefit today from the program. You can join us every Friday, 12.30 to 2.30 p.m. Atlantic Standard Time because we are broadcasting out of the beautiful turquoise waters of the Caribbean Sea on the beautiful island of St. Croix. So those are all the uh, live places you can get us, radio and Internet. And if you can't catch the show Friday at 1230, you can always pick up, you know, watch the uh, recording of the show 
um, on Facebook or YouTube. It's usually going to be on the radio station's Facebook page. That's WSTX Radio, AM 970, FM 100.3. Um, oh, I've got, and so that's uh, Facebook. I've got to say, the um, um, FM side and the AM side are both um, winners of the Best in the VI Award. Um, so there's the radio station's Facebook page, the radio station's YouTube page, and um, I usually have it on my Facebook page, Ray Bratcher. Um, and I put all the... And I put all the, um, all the links to you know all the different sites where you can watch the recording of the show in case you missed it live or maybe it's uh, so good you want to watch it two or three times make sure you don't miss anything um and a little point of personal uh, point of personal privilege i want to my today is my uh stepmom's birthday marge um so today's her birthday, so happy birthday, Marge. Many, many, many more. All right, folks, that is it for the show. Thank you for joining us. If you have your radio tuned to uh, AM 970 or you're on Facebook on the radio station's page, don't tune away. Um, you want to catch the next show coming after me. Um, and uh, um, all my best to Taniqua. Happy birthday to Marge. Thanks, Josh. Thanks, Greg Ray. And um, love you all. Have a great weekend. And uh, remember to get out in nature. Bye.